0: Super Awkward Funcast You're listening to the Super Awkward Funcast Yeah Welcome, hi guys. Welcome to the new episode 65th, I believe, episode of the Super Awkward Funcast with your hostess, me, Elle Latham. Oh boy, what a month this was and continues to be. And I don't know what happened today, because I've been, like, gathering everything for the show, so maybe something crazy happened recently, we'll find out together. But, anywho, what's happening here is, okay, well, first... You might be wondering where I've been. I haven't been on the YouTube other than my vlogs. Shout out to my channel. Shout out to my channel. Go watch my channel. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, AKA L. Latham on YouTube. Um, you can find my uh, super awkward fun cast live streams. And you can also find my latest content, which is from Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico. I went to San Juan, Puerto Rico and I had a blast. That was from April, see I'm trying to remember because I went to Atlanta on the way. So yeah, I went from the 3rd to April 3rd to April 10th. So a good long time, not that long about the longest vacation I've had so far in my adult life, um, when I started taking vacations on my own. Um, so hopefully you can't hear the dog in the background. If you can, you know what? It's Hollywood dogs bark. It is what it is. It makes it more awkward and we love that, right? We love awkward. Okay. We're not going to be here for two hours. Well, we're trying not to be here for two hours because we have a lot to cover. Oh my gosh. like a lot to cover, so I'm not going to give you my whole fucking vacation information, and that's boring anyway for you, I'm sure, but anyway, I went there, and I came back, and shit went crazy, was there another shooting, I think there was another shooting, and then another big shooting that was covered, I'm getting shootinged out, it's shooting season, I know, but like, it's a lot. So, the thing that they keep saying in the uh, conferences and everything, the the press briefings, is you know we got to worry about guns on the streets, weapons of war. They say shouldn't be long on the streets, and people shouldn't have auto- semi-automatic weapons and automatic weapons and whatever the fuck. And you know they keep saying you know it's an epidemic and gun violence is so crazy and everything. Yes, yes, yes it is. But they don't say the other part of it, which is that gun violence on the whole is usually suicides, not homicides. There are more suicides by guns than homicides by guns. That's that's the statistics since 2021. There hasn't been anything. It hasn't been anything new since then. Um, I shared like a study on my on my Twitter, and I'm trying to find it right now, so I can put it in the notes. Oh my gosh! Meanwhile, in L.A., we've got citizen.com, April 18th, report of a man armed with a wrench on Las Palmas Avenue. That's what we have to deal with: bats, wrenches briefcases one time, there was a briefcase, and recently a samurai sword. Not even kidding. Okay, yeah, so here it is, okay, I'm going to put this in the, the notes. It'll be at the beginning, but the next thing I'm talking about, but I'll pretend like it's at the end, because I already did the beginning, okay, beginning, links. La, la, la. oh fudge cracker fudge on a cracker gosh darn it okay so yeah I did a whole thing about it and yeah 2020 statistics actually sorry um, and it says in my tweet in 2020 firearms accounted for 52% of all suicide deaths. So basically, most suicides are done by guns. Um, Suicides accounted for more than half of US gun deaths in 2020. 54 suicide, 43 murder, 3 other. So there you go. The The statistics say that you are likely to die by gun violence that you perpetrate against yourself more so than being killed by a gun. That's, statist- that's statistics. You can't argue with statistics. I mean, you can, but you will lose that battle. So they don't even bring that up. They just say, oh yeah, ban, ban guns, whatever the fuck kind of guns they want to ban. And that's that. And they just keep doing it the same spiel every fucking time. It's every fucking time. And then, you know, they meanwhile they, they arm the Nazis in the Ukraine with all these wonderful weapons of war. To the tune of recently, on April 19th, to the tune of 325 million. For additional ammunition for high-mobility artillery rocket systems, or HIMARS, 155mm and 105mm artillery rounds, tube-launched optically-tracked wire-guided missiles, AT-4 anti-armor weapon systems, anti-tank mines, Demolition munitions for obstacle clearing, over 9 million rounds of small arms ammunition, four logistics support vehicles, precision aerial munitions, testing and diagnostic equipment to support vehicle maintenance and repair, port and harbor security equipment, spare parts, and other field equipment. And it says at the bottom, of course, we gotta say this part at the end. The United States will continue to work with its allies and partners to provide Ukraine with capabilities to meet its immediate battlefield needs and longer-term security assistance requirements. Because we have to keep it going, right? That's the thing. You know, the thing. It just keeps going. That war never ends is another forever war, just like the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war was pretty much a forever war, war. It almost never ended. Eventually it did, sort of, kind of, but not really. Nothing ever really ends. Have you noticed that? I've noticed it. Another thing that never ends is the pandemic. Have you noticed that? Oh my gosh. So switching over to another topic that is very interesting. Um, locally, we have a, uh, a strain of the virus, the COVID virus, and um, it's getting a lot of attention and also national attention, which is very convenient for the manufacturers of the pharmaceutical drugs that they want to inject people, namely children, with. So basically, here's here's the lowdown on that. So I'm going to play some videos because we love to have audio aids, <laughs> not aids, but audio aids, um, so that we can hear what kind of propaganda is going on, it is out there, and is prevalent in this... Uh, dystopian universe that we now live in so let's start with cbs news so this is from cbs news i shared this on twitter so this was 10 days ago that i shared it um or when it was made latest covid booster guidance as new arcturus subvariant spreads actually we should switch this one with the next one hold on i don't like to do this one first let's do this one first okay i'm gonna switch this one Damn it, now I gotta scooch it. Scooching. Oh, did I do it right? Yes, I did. Okay, so this is from. We're gonna pretend that didn't happen and move on, which I have to do a lot. This is 11 days ago. NBC Chicago, the YouTube. New Arcturus COVID variant spreads across US. Ah, and they got a, a, a weird opening here. Okay, so damn it's 38 degrees in Chicago I'm glad I don't live in Chicago just saying I don't know that's neither here nor there but I just wanted to say that just for the record very glad I don't live there all right here we go
1: health experts are watching a new COVID subvariant very closely it may be causing at least one symptom that hasn't been associated with COVID before here's health and wellness reporter Lauren Petty Seasonal allergies are in full swing for many, but itchy red eyes could be a sign of something else. A growing COVID subvariant called XBB116. It's led to a boom in COVID cases in India, and the Mayo Clinic is reporting red itchy eyes or conjunctivitis are a symptom being found in children. Honestly, I don't even know. Yes,
0: children. It's of course for children. Like, we want, okay,
1: well, we'll continue.
2: So that it's a, decided thing that this sub variant definitely
3: causes the red itchy eyes.
1: The XBB116 subvariant, also called Arcturus, is already here in Illinois. There's around uh, 20 detections in Illinois, and at least a few of those coming from Chicago. Hannah Barbian is a genomic epidemiologist with the Regional Innovation Public Health Lab at Rush, where they analyze the COVID strains currently circulating. She says XBB116 was detected within the last month. There's been some mutations to this virus that might make it slightly more transmissible, so, you know, spread more easily. Routine.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when a virus gets weaker and spreads more, it spawns variants, subvariants and whatnot, that are more transmissible, but usually less dangerous. People.
1: The good news is, Arcturus remains a subvariant of Omicron, which was the target of the latest bivalent booster shot. So, if you've
0: had how convenient your
2: most recent vaccines, you were up to date. You know, sometime since last fall. You have the right protection, uh, including against this sub variant.
1: According to the CDC, XBB 116 makes up about 7% of the COVID cases in the U.S. right now, and about 6% in Region 5, which includes Illinois and Indiana. As the Ripple Lab continues tracking what's circulating, we should learn more about the exact symptoms Arcturus may bring.
2: It doesn't look like it's creating a lot of more severe illness. Um, lots of things can give Red JIs, and I just want to remind people that, you know, if you've got TIs, you think it's allergies, you think it's a cold, just take a COVID test uh, to be sure.
0: Just keep on taking the tests. Keep on wasting all of the, this, these tests and, you know, but it's not a waste because they pay for them. You might as well use them, I guess. So one of the comments that, that stuck out to me in on the YouTube video here is from Mike. Shout out to Mike. Uh, good news, though, if you got your 15th booster shot that can cause blood clots and heart defects, you won't have to worry about red itchy eyes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> exactly, Mike. Exactly. Five days ago. Good one. Good one, Mike. I'm I'm going to give him a, an award for best comment that stood out to me <laughs> in the comments here. At least they allow comments. I mean, there's some uh, some YouTube channels that don't. Um, moving on from that, um, back to the CMS report here. This is kind of long, but it's just basically propaganda to promote the boosters. Get your booster. Just in case you get the pink eye, get the booster. You know, you, never, you can never be too sure. Get your booster.
4: The CDC is expected to sign off on another COVID-19 booster shot for seniors and people with weak immune systems today. The FDA approved the updated guidance yesterday. Regulators all Great also timing. say all Americans getting doses of Pfizer or Moderna will start receiving the newest formula that protects against the
5: Omicron variant. Here for further analysis is Dr. Mati davis She's the Director of Health for the City of St. Louis, Missouri. That is name, uh, Dr. Slashawayo, thanks so much for joining us. You are the Director of Health for the City of St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome.
6: Thank you.
5: So, uh, let's explain... Uh, Let's explain this vaccine guidance and why it's
6: significant. Well, it's significant because as we're transitioning from a pan, from a pandemic to an endemic state, it's still important for us to understand what cadence we should be getting boosters and who they're more important for. The FDA is making it very clear here that COVID is not gone. It will always be with us. And so trying to really help us prioritize how and when we should be getting boosters. This is fantastic news coming out for, um, especially the most uh, risk prone amongst us, those being the elderly and immunocompromised. Also this, this booster will help to protect against a wide variety of, of the most significant variants, um, which should which will add increased immunity.
4: So not only Allegedly. is COVID still with us, but we have a new sub I don't what? know if it's properly, but I think it's called the Arcturus. I'm
0: so stupid, I, I can't pronounce it. it.
6: So, you know, to me, I, I wanted to come on today to really help as an infectious disease physician also make people comfortable with viruses are doing what viruses do exactly COVID always has subvariants, variants right so this should not be a red alert shock every time this happens this is an innate part of their biology um they will always make um variants unfortunately we never reached herd immunity in the united states right so
0: wait how why how, how did that not happen like wasn't that supposed to happen they were all saying that was going to happen eventually like we would do that like fauci was saying like when, when why didn't that happen How couldn't that happen? What could it be because the, the vaccines or the shots didn't really protect you from transmitting the virus maybe? we're going to
6: be living with covid much like we do with influenza where there's different which we variants, said before um, but that we have to protect
0: against. so this new variant
6: coming out of india is one that we why are is it watching. always india
0: not yet designated that, as a variant of could concern that be me. because of the serum institute of india and the bill and melinda gates foundation uh funded vaccine trial that happened in, in india i don't know i don't think a whole lot of things are happening in india but i don't do know that there was a big vaccine trial there and the vaccines have been known to cause great horrible effects in people who were otherwise pretty healthy. So I don't know. i just throwing it out there. Here we go.
6: Meaning we do not have it causing predominant disease as of yet, but these of yes and the federal government doing the right thing and letting us know we're keeping our eyes on this one.
0: Keep your eyes so on it. So
6: there are uh, reports of this uh, uh, these new symptoms
5: with this sub-variant uh, that oh, no. hasn't been seen before, um, including conjunctivitis. Uh, how does conjunctivitis fit into this new sub-variant?
6: Yeah, and this is why it's important to think about these symptoms in the overall category of this being a, a variant that we're watching, but not yet a variant of concern, which means a lot of that is even collecting data to make sure the symptomology is not just um, associated with but actually causally related to meaning we know with a high degree of certainty that conjunctivitis and some of these new symptoms are all a part of this new variant having said that again this is all a natural part of darwinism right as things mutate they may infer new symptomology as well so it'll be important to see again is this causal Or is it just associated in a few cases, um, this conjunctivitis? And more importantly, it will take time to see um, what that looks like in the long term and to what extent. Conjunctivitis can come across a very wide spectrum, very mild symptoms, all the way to something that can be very concerning. So this is something that we'll keep an eye on. Um, So
4: you're going to be like...
6: (laughs) You're trying to make sure that we're all
4: very level-headed about this, and I yes, have had another
0: you question a, about know, this
4: sub-variant. You're porny. Um, so
6: be patient with us. Uh,
4: the World Health Organization-
6: we should be doing, right? <laughs> this is exactly the kind of conversation that's warranted. Okay, so good. you're doing fantastic. <laughs> okay,
4: good, because I didn't want to be making a big deal out of something that's you know, no, but maybe not that questions. big of a deal.
0: Yeah, we never want that to happen on you know, the news. That you make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal. Like, that's, that never happens on the news. Like we're so good about that. Um, so
4: the world, really Health, the World Health Organization has designated this new subvariant as a variant under monitoring. I think I think that's what you mentioned. Um, what's the difference
6: between this designation and others, such as variants of concern? That's a really great question. So a variant under monitoring means they've had mm-hmm. enough clusters of cases. Um, the, of concern either around how fast it gets spread or as well in this case around some new symptomology that they're watching it, right? They're monitoring, they, they're they putting our best minds and our folks around epidemiology, around public health, around medicine to really see um, to what degree this may become of concern. A variant of concern, however, is one that has shown itself to cause predominant disease um, under one of a few categories, either transmission or it may not spread as fast, but it causes severe disease. Um, so we'll be looking to see if it does progress to that extent. But again, right now they are monitoring.
5: So uh, let's talk about this. Earlier uh, this month, President Biden signed a bill that ended the COVID national emergency. A month earlier, yeah, we're in getting to that. Plan. Uh, did you agree with that decision?
6: But <laughs> I'm um, so agreeing, you know, this is more of a political decision, right? Mm-hmm. Signing a piece of paper from an infectious diseases standpoint doesn't stop diseases or viruses from doing what they're going to do. So for us, we appreciate... Neither do vaccines, apparently. ...around what impact this actually has, right? And I think that's what's important, putting my director of health hat on, is making sure that the public understands what a lifting of an emergency is. It's not just someone telling you that a pandemic is over, because no, it's not a light switch, we can't just turn it off and on, but what it does do is have implications on your ability to get testing, treatment, um, and actually long-term um, issues around Medicaid. Uh, enrollment and even availability. So in the short term, no big changes, right? You're still going to be able to get testing. The government has made sure that there's enough testing available for folks to still have access for free. Um, Treatment is the same. But what it does signal to us is that unless Congress continues to see this as a priority, funds may dry up in the future and we may not have the same freedoms and accessibility that we've always enjoyed throughout this pandemic for testing and treatment in the short term it does have some nuance around um insurance um specifically medicaid that public health departments are working really hard to educate the public about right now all
4: right dr matty slash wild davis thank you so much
0: okay Thank you for having me after that i saw another comment that stood out to me in this youtube video and it's from svt cobra and they say 2047 take your 6030th sorry 6038th booster to protect yourself against the super ultra mega variant i didn't do it justice but that's a good one that's another another award for that one i enjoyed that um Okay, so they said something about the CDC. What is the CDC up to? Let's find out, let's see. Okay, so this video is from PBS NewsHour. Always lovely to see their propaganda. 10 days ago, CDC approves new COVID booster shots. Who's eligible and when when they can get it? Who's eligible and when they can get it? That's not a question yet it has a question mark so i'm available uh, not for you though i'm not gonna work for you april 19th i keep saying 10 days 11 days april 19th here it is
7: the government has just approved a second dose of the COVID booster here we go elderly again. and immunocompromised the bivalent booster shot targets the omicron variants this one actually works and right Can now receive the updated booster four no. months after their first dose meanwhile people with weak immune systems can get an additional shot of the vaccine after two months to help us understand why this is a significant move in the fight against covid19 i'm joined by dr jeremy faust
0: they always have a doctor on Emergency hand you know and then they talk to them and they don't give you any more information than, than they already gave so we're going to move on Um, so they said the end of the, uh, public emergency. Let's get, get to that video here. I'm going to scooch it because I had it elsewhere in the lineup, but we're going to put it right here. Okay. So this is from CBS news from two weeks ago or April 11th, 2023, CBS news. What the end of the COVID-19 national emergency means for Americans. This is them getting people worked up, like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get everything that I was able to get before because of this fake emergency that's being ended. Um, Allegedly on May 11th, by the way. Still not happening yet. Still giving that some time, because shit's crazy. All right, here we go. Health Watch!
8: This is Major. President Biden signed a bipartisan bill on Monday, which officially ended COVID-19 national emergency. The first case of COVID was reported back in January of 2020. Then President Trump declared a national emergency just under two months later. And a little more than two years later, the US death toll from the virus passed the 1 million mark and it has killed 130,000 additional people since then. Now, Congress presidents say the emergency. These numbers are not legit. Not needed and it expanded, and has expanded the Trump and Biden administration's ability to address the economic and public welfare effects of COVID. They used it to uh, enact pauses on mortgages and student loans and order free COVID testing, among other Dr. William Schaffner joins me now. He's a professor of infectious diseases at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Another doctor. What do you make of the end of this national emergency and, and what does this effectively mean for folks watching right now?
9: Well, Errol, it's a good thing that we are no longer in the pandemic, but this virus has not disappeared. So, ending this public health emergency is a change it sounds very good but we'll still have this virus to contend with you know this virus is still killing somewhere between 200 and 300 people in the <laughs> united states on a daily basis so it hasn't just
0: uh citation needed
9: we're going to have to keep coping with it you know there have been many benefits uh having uh been a consequence of this public health emergency now as we go back to the normal medical non-system, we're going to be worrying about disparities. There will be hard hit communities. Uh, Of course. The question is, will they continue to have access to some of the preventive measures and the therapies that we have for COVID? We'll have to.
0: This is totally irrelevant, but like this dude has so many CDs. Damn, that's a whole rack of CDs in the background. And he is in an office or some shit at home or some shit and and yeah there's stuff in the background and it's very distracting and his name is not william shatner that's what i thought dr william shaffner watch that
8: very very carefully and doctor that's a key question i mean as you talk about some of the benefits we're starting to see a rollback of companies being open to uh remote work also the use of telemedicine especially when you think about therapy uh, being expanded to so many people, that's advanced as a result of the pandemic. Do you expect that the end of this national emergency will affect our ability to see doctors virtually? Actually, I don't think so. One of the things
9: that-
0: No, they can be as lazy as they want, uh, don't
9: Harold, worry. In, during the COVID issue is this telemedicine so-called actually works extraordinarily well for many conditions, not everything can't get vaccinated, <laughs> no, <telemedicine>, <laughs> <example>. <laughs> uh, so we can, we're going to continue with telemedicine. for How will I things.
0: keep getting the virus uh, if I can't we'll get vaccinated? Oh.
9: Our armamentarium. But we're still going to be concerned about access disparities creeping back into the system, whether vaccines will be made freely available, those at home tests, which are so useful, all of those things. We're going to have to adjust to a new system. Change is good
8: and inevitable, but sometimes difficult. And we'll see where the difficulties are. And and now that we kind of move into the tail end of this thing, um, do you still suggest people get tested for COVID? if they're? Of course, keep it going. Um, How should people approach not feeling well at any time of the year now? Yeah, let's think about this. Remember,
9: there's a subset of the population that is more apt to get seriously ill require hospitalization your
0: people your age infected.
9: here they are people who are older than age 65 you anyone He's at old. any age who has an underlying medical condition heart disease lung disease diabetes pregnant women those who are immune
0: who have not been thoroughly tested those people with the vaccine should remain, by the way.
9: very sensitive if they become ill get a test call their health care provider if that test is positive because we have treatment that will help prevent the development of severe disease
8: very good point and key reminders as we move out of uh, the national emergency dr william Shachner.
0: yeah yeah okay so shout out to wendy i'm just going to keep doing this might as well in the comments on this youtube video who says what the end of the covid 19 national emergency means for americans Hopefully. No more living room produced segments on national news. Alright, shout out to you. That was a good one. Um, it was like a, yeah, it's good to have a little humor in these things, these trying times. So let's move on. Uh, There's some more coronavirus stuff here. Let me go to this one and then I'll scooch to the next one. And then, uh, oh wait, we have another Tourist article. Do I wanna actually do this? Yeah, cause the LA Times is going hard on the Arcturus thing and uh, really, really going hard in LA. Cause not enough people are wearing masks for no fucking reason around here. Um, I was in Pasadena the other day and um, that was yesterday, wasn't it? No, I didn't do shit yesterday, that was Thursday. The Thursday I, w- I went to Pasadena and there are a lot of people on the bus with a mask on. It's pretty pathetic that people still think that does anything for you. And I'm not talking about just like medical masks and you know N95s, hardly any of those. But like cloth masks, like what are you doing people? And then masks on the ground all the time Dirtying up the fucking sidewalk It's disgusting, stop it At least if you're going to wear those fucking things Throw them in the fucking trash like a normal fucking person Although that will end up in the sea Wrapped around some, some innocent bird in the future So it is what it is Anyway, to this article from Newsbreak Which is actually from LA Times I'll scooch it I don't know why I'm scooching it, like I can switch anything. This is going to be out of order. I can pretty much guarantee that at this point because I keep scooching things around. Eh. I'll try to keep it in order because I want all the Arcturus and coronavirus stuff to be in the same section. So I'll probably figure that out I, You know, with my brain, you know, I have a brain. Uh, by Rong Gong Lin II, this is from one day ago, Arcturus a more infectious COVID subvariant grows in L.A. County Seen in sewage They're looking at our sewage people Coronavirus levels in L.A. County Wastewater have ticked up Potentially as a result of the Arrival of a more infectious Omicron var- subvariant Dubbed Arcturus The latest strain known Officially as XBB Is probably Responsible Probably We can't say for sure, but it's probably responsible for a rise in coronavirus cases in India, where there have been a number of anecdotal, anecdotal, those are real, right? Reports of what had been a rare COVID-19 symptom, especially in children. Ding, ding, ding. Pink eye. Arcturus has been making up a greater percentage of coronavirus cases nationwide, as we heard before, seven fucking percent. And now it says here it comprised an estimate of 10% of U.S. cases for that week, for the week that ended Saturday. So it went up. Prior week it was about 6%, and the week before that it was 3%. So something's happening here, guys. The California Department of Public Health estimates Arcturus comprises about 7% of coronavirus cases for the same week. At least three Arcturus cases have been identified in L.A. County, the agency said Thursday. It's too early to say whether Arcturus is associated with a greater rate of pink pink eye than older coronavirus variants, but that's not going to stop them from doing that or suggesting it. But, (laughs) huh... The health agency said people should be aware that itchy, watery, or red eyes may be a sign of COVID-19 infection, and these symptoms should not simply be dismissed as a result of pollen or seasonal allergies, especially if someone more vulnerable to severe illness could be exposed. Hey, y'all remember monkeypox? I vaguely remember monkeypox and that whole thing being a big problem in LA. Then just never talked about again interesting right after the vaccinations i don't know how that happened Hmm. anyway i guess they worked you know good good news the vaccinations worked anyway pink eye also known as conjunctivitis, can lead to eye damage if untreated officials urge people to use at home coronavirus tests we've got to get all those tests done to determine whether they are infected they spent a lot of money on those tests and they're going to use them god damn it The increase in wastewater levels in L.A. County may be an early indication, maybe, everything's just maybe, probably, you know, it might be the case. Uh, An early indication of increased spread of the coronavirus, health officials said, although reported cases are still relatively stable as are hospitalizations and deaths, but still be afraid. For the most recent week, there were 54 COVID-19 deaths reported in L.A. County. There were 44 deaths reported the prior week, and the week before that, 59. Hiller's my favorite person. Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer, who is not a doctor, said that because Arcturus is related to recent strains of the coronavirus, it is expected that vaccines and anti-COVID therapeutic drugs such as Paxlovid, brought to you by Pfizer, will still be quite effective against severe illness and death. Maybe. (laughs) Although we are facing the reality of a new Omicron strain gaining dominance and it is not yet possible to predict the impact, I am confident that the tools available to us, including vaccines, therapeutics, and testing, can limit bad outcomes, Ferrer said in a statement Thursday. That said, it remains important that people get the updated COVID-19 vaccination. Does it? Does it really, LA Times? Only about 40% 40% of LA County seniors 65 and older have received the updated COVID-19 vaccination which was introduced in September. Now there's the rub. There's what this is all a fucking about. <laughs> That's what it's about. Read through, read, read, what is, the, read between the lines and you'll see that they're just trying to sell you drugs. <laughs> That's all it is. It remains a significant cause of death. Ah. We're all dying from COVID. The rest of the leading causes of death in LA County last year were stroke, diabetes. Let's not do anything about that, I guess. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, lung cancer, unintentional drug overdose. Let's not focus on that. Hypertension and pneumonia flu. However, COVID-19's third place ranking represents an improvement since 2021 when the illness was the leading cause of death in 2020 because that's how they reported the deaths that were not related, not really COVID related. But we went through that when it happened. It is what it is. COVID 19 was the second leading cause of death, trailing coron- coronary heart disease, which is not related to the vaccines at all. There's no relation between heart problems and the vaccine. Those results demonstrate how the risk of COVID-19 to the general population has declined. Vaccinations became plentiful by mid-2021 and anti-COVID therapeutic drugs by mid-2022. About 260,000 COVID-19 deaths were reported nationally in 2022, and those were all real too. There were about 472,000 deaths in 2021 and about 355,000 deaths in 2020. More than 40,000 COVID-19 deaths had been reported nationally this year, you know, and they also include people with pre-existing conditions and all that stuff and really old people like 80-something and shit. Older people who are unvaccinated or not up to date on their vaccinations are the most likely to die from COVID-19 as they would be most likely to die from anything because they're very, very old. And if they don't take care of themselves, they are at greater risk of dying without COVID-19 being a factor. Are we, you know, you know, although some health experts are wearing masks less often, Often, given, low, given lower coronavirus transmission levels, they say they will try to, They still try to take reasonable steps to avoid infection. Reducing the risk of infection is especially important if you're older in a higher risk group or have an underlying health condition. If you get a coronavirus infection, you still have to isolate for five days, so it's kind of a bummer," Do, said Dr. Peter Chin Hong, a, US, I mean, a UC San Francisco infectious diseases expert. He said he no longer has a problem dining at indoor restaurants and probably the only times I wear might wear my mask is in the hospital setting where that is the most logical place to do so but okay. And perhaps on an airplane he said noting that he donned a mask on a recent flight where he was near a group of passengers who came back from Europe and they were all hacking and coughing and none of them were wearing masks. State epidemiologist he's a just a Dr. Karen and he Dr. Erica Pan said in a recent briefing that if she sees increases in COVID-19, she'll probably still test her family before they have an indoor meal with her parents. (laughs) This is some crazy propaganda. And in an interview last week, Ferrer said that while she is now more likely to eat in an indoor restaurant than before, she'd want to do it in a well-ventilated place that isn't crowded so she doesn't have to face the public. She said she feels comfortable going to sporting events, we know, and concerts, although she might have her mask on if it's very crowded or she's inside. I, like others, have activities that I enjoy and people I enjoy being with, and I want to, as much as possible, find ways to do that. She said, I'm in one of those categories of folks that are at higher risk, so I want to be reasonable about this and, where possible, reduce risks, but get on with being able to do a lot of the things I really love to do. With widespread access to updated vaccines and anti-COVID therapeutics, what I think is different right now is we have a lot more protection. No, we don't, Ferrer said. So we need to balance reducing our risk with not remaining too isolated from the people or the activities we love. Because that's not what we're doing now. We did that before. We're not doing it anymore, I guess. Deciding what risks to take is a personal choice, she said. Not like it was before. (laughs) when the government was making that decision now it's a personal choice none of us should be judgmental it's still important for people at higher risk to reduce risk reasonable ways wherever they see that it was would be appropriate springtime is when coronavirus cases have generally been low that means that our your chances of bumping into somebody who is positive with COVID-19 is reduced and if you go to a restaurant inside that's well ventilated she says that's not super crowded your chances of having an exposure are certainly a lot less than they are when our transmission rates are higher to control spread it's important to test especially if you have symptoms and yeah they're gonna keep saying that because they want you to take the tests when the National Public Health emergency ends on May 11th, the federal requirement that health insurers reimburse policyholders for eight over-the-counter rapid COVID tests per month will also go away Aww, sad face. But even after May 11th, many Californians will still have access to tests, how convenient, whose costs must be reimbursed by their insurer. Thanks to SB 510 and SB 1473, each person insured under health plans regulated by the State Department of Managed Health Care will still be required to cover the costs of eight over the counter rapid tests a month. This includes health and coverage many get from their employers, as well as Medi Cal managed plans and Cover California plans. Starting November 11th, insurers regulated by the State Department of Managed Health Care still must cover. COVID tests if they're provided in-network but can charge for tests purchased out-of-network. Free at-home tests are also are available at a number of sites in L.A. County, including county libraries, vaccination sites run by the County Department of Public Health, and food banks and senior centers. L.A. County seniors 65 and older or people unable to leave their home can request two free tests be mailed to them. And then it says where to call for that. So yeah, just a big ass ad for the drug companies right there, from L.A. County. Good to know, L.A. County, L.A. Times. All right, and that leads us to the FDA news release that happened on April eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-three. And then we'll be done with the COVID shit. Well, no, we aren't. We actually aren't, but we'll we'll be wrapping it up soon. It's a very long topic, and I'm sorry for taking up so much time on it, but, uh, you won't believe what we're talking about next. So just enjoy coronavirus update. FDA authorizes changes to simplify use of bivalent mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. So this says, this is from again, April 18th, 2023. Today, the U S food and drug administration amended that emergency use authorizations, maybe because that doesn't exist anymore, of the Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 bivalent mRNA vaccines to simplify the vaccination schedule for most individuals. This action includes authorizing the current bivalent vaccines original and Omicron BA4, BA5 strains to be used for all doses administered to individuals six months of age and older babies including for an additional dose or doses for certain populations. The monovalent Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines are no longer authorized for use in the United States. Interesting. Then it says, what you need to know, most individuals, depending on age, previously vaccinated with a monovalent COVID-19 vaccine who have not yet received a dose of a bivalent vaccine may receive a single dose of a bivalent vaccine. Most individuals who have already received a single dose of the bivalent vaccine are not currently eligible for another dose. The FDA intends to make decisions about future vaccination after receiving recommendations on the fall strain composition at an, an FDA advisory committee in June. Individuals 65 years of age and older who have received a single dose of a bivalent vaccine may receive one additional dose at least four months following their initial bivalent dose. Most individuals with certain kinds of immunocompromise who have received a bivalent COVID-19 vaccine may receive a single additional dose of a bivalent covid 19 vaccine at least two months following a dose of a bivalent covid 19 vaccine and additional doses may be administered at the discretion of and at intervals determined by their health care provider however for immunocompromised individuals six months through four years of age babies and children eligibility for additional doses will depend on the vaccine previously received most unvaccinated individuals may receive a single dose of a bivalent vaccine rather than multiple, do- multiple doses of the original monovalent mRNA vaccines, the ones that didn't work in the first place. But now we have other ones that don't work that they want you to get. Okay. All right. Children six months through five years of age who are unvaccinated may receive a two-dose series of the Moderna bivalent vaccine six months through five years of age or a three dose series of the Pfizer BioNTech bivalent vaccine six months through four years of age. Children who are five years of age may receive two doses of the Moderna bivalent vaccine or a single dose of the Pfizer BioNTech bivalent vaccine. Children six months through five years of age who have received one or two, two or three doses of a monovalent. Gosh, these poor children. COVID-19 vaccine may receive a bivalent vaccine, but the number of doses that they receive will depend on the vaccine and their vaccination history. All right, then it says in here, at this state of the pandemic, data supports simplifying the use of the authorized mRNA bivalent COVID-19 vaccines, and the agency believes that this approach will help encourage future vaccination. Don't you think it should help... um, stop transmission but we they don't do that never mind said peter marks md phd fucking liar director of the fda center for biologics evaluation of research evidence is now available that most of the u.s population five years of age and older has antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 yeah from before the vaccine the virus that causes COVID-19 either from vaccination or infection that can serve as a foundation for the protection provided by the bivalent vaccines. Shut up. (laughs) COVID-19 continues to be a very real risk for many people. Not really. And we encourage individuals to consider staying current with vaccination so we can make more money. Oh, sorry. Including with a bivalent COVID-19 vaccine. The available data continue to demonstrate that vaccines prevent the most serious outcomes of COVID nineteen, which are severe illness, hospitalization and death, but not transmission, which is the whole goal that we were trying to to use as a basis for making them in the first place. No, we can't do that. All right, so then that leads into that advisory committee thing. um in june so we have that to look forward to in the future yay in other news related to the corona uh corona there was a hearing um 11 days ago on the 8 would that be 18th yes 18th of april and it was um it's it says here in the cbs news youtube video that i found ex-intelligence official, this is the only thing I could find with the actual hearing um, at the house, ex-intelligence official discusses lab leak theory at house hearing on COVID-19 origins, COVID origins. So it says here in the description, the house select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic held its Second hearing Tuesday on the origins of COVID-19. One of the witnesses testifying, former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, told the panel that a lab leak is the only explanation credibly supported by our intelligence. Another witness, Mark Lowenthal, who served as vice president of the National Intelligence Council, Reminded lawmakers that there has not been significant intelligence to make a firm judgment on the origins of the virus He noted that several u.s. Intelligence agencies have assessed with low confidence that COVID originated naturally So yeah, somebody was love lovely enough in the comments to give me some timestamps so this is the first one that I got here and then we'll see what else Fermenty LLC has for us because They seem to have liked these parts and I kind of liked what I heard a little bit at the beginning. So this is a two and a half hour, basically meeting a hearing, sorry. And this is a 55 minutes in and 20 seconds, 55, 20 for the first timestamp. Okay. But we're going to start a little bit earlier than that because they don't start talking until a little bit later. So I like to have context. I like context in my uh, analyses. So let's get to it. This is a long one. So, so we'll get these little times stamps and see what else they have in the comments that we have to listen to. Every,
10: every day, every day, every day, my, there's, my, there's, Mr. Lowenthal, Dr. Lowenthal, yeah. my time has expired. Um, Mr. Chairman, there's much to be done. Obviously, I just want to invite colleagues on both sides of the aisle here and in the larger body uh to work together in a thoughtful manner to develop national
9: security solutions based on putting the American people first. I yield back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I now recognize Miss Malitakas from New York for five minutes of questions.
11: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thanks to the witnesses who are here today. Um what is equally as important as the CCP's actions to cover up and conceal the origins of COVID is understanding what role our government may have played in the origins of this virus and to what level, uh, if any, that the health officials and members of our media attempted to conceal or hide the truths from the American people. The questions surrounding American tax dollars being used to potentially fund the origins of this virus and attempts to suppress them, that is what I'm here to focus on today. In November of 2021, Dr. Fauci told Senator Rand Paul under oath that the NIH did not fund gain of function research at the Wuhan lab, despite having been explicitly told in an email in January of 2021 that NIH had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan Institute through the EcoHealth Alliance. The-
0: Shout out to that uh, relationship between Eco Health Alliance, and the NIH, and, of course, the DOD-DTRA, which was also funding this research, which doesn't get mentioned in these for some reason.
11: The committee's initial origins hearing in March, I asked former CDC director Dr. Redfield whether the NIH, NIH was funding or had funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute, and he told me, direct quote, no doubt, Unquote. NIH was funding this research in Wuhan, refuting Dr. Fauci's claims. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Mr. Ratcliffe. Uh, do you agree with Dr. Redfield? I do. Given what we know now, if you were in Dr. Fauci's position, would you have denied that N- the NIH's role in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab? No. Do you think that Dr. Fauci lied under oath?
12: I think that some of Dr. testimony is um, inconsistent with... I think she should
0: have said yes or no. Just get an yes or no for... I mean, this isn't a legal proceeding, but that's what I would say. It's like yes or no. uh,
12: Some of the intelligence... No, 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 no. Yes or no. Classified... Just answer the fucking question. consistent with some information that is publicly available
11: think that um, President Biden should declassify all information related to COVID origins every single document as was uh, requested and passed by the legislature
12: well with the caveat that um, uh, we we always have to be careful about protecting our sources and methods um, yeah. particularly uh, those sources and methods uh, as it relates to uh, what the intelligence community uh, uniformly agrees is our number one uh, threat uh, from a nation-state actor standpoint. He's
0: never going to answer this question. Just why bother?
12: But with that caveat, um, you know, providing as much information uh, about our intelligence as possible while preserving those sources and methods should absolutely take place.
11: Thank you. As uh, soon as possible, Mr. Uh, Feith. Do you agree with Dr. Redfield's original testimony that this funding, which very well likely played a role in the virus, came from? Um, actually, uh, let me back up and, and fill you guys in. So even more troubling at the time, uh, when my time was expiring at the last hearing, Dr. Redfield testified that not only did American tax dollars fund gain of function research through the NIH, but also from uh, that the Wuhan lab received money from State Department, USAID, and the Department of Defense.
0: There did you go. Dr. Finally, someone says it.
11: Funding, <laughs> which very likely played a role in the virus, came from these government agencies.
0: Thank you.
5: My understanding is is consistent with what you've read back in terms of the many funding sources that ran uh you know from washington uh to the wuhan institute of virology uh and certainly if the COVID origin is indeed a lab leak from there it was from you know bat coronavirus research programs some of which were funded by the united states government
0: and it was most likely not a leak let's be honest let's be honest let's think rationally let's think about event one spars the pan the pandemic crimson contagion i'm just going to list a bunch cladex <laughs> the decade of vaccines Let, let's just not be stupid here
11: we had previously heard about the nih funding but uh, up until that hearing i had not heard that it was uh Essentially, the State Department, USAID, and the Department of Defense that had also... I
0: had? You should lab listen to my activities. podcast.
11: So the U.S. government determined that uh, the Wuhan lab collaborated on publications and special projects, uh, top secret projects, with the CCP military since at least 2017. Um, knowing this, for what purpose would U.S. Department of Defense funding be provided to the Wuhan
5: lab? Well, I think for a um, for a, a full answer. I defer to folks from DOD and, and from the DOD, uh, you know, biodefense, uh, uh, you know, relevant – um DTRA. Uh, you know, but in principle, uh, the kind of broad theme of the funding, uh, as I always understood it, uh, across different parts of our government, NIH and USAID and state and otherwise, was based on a certain theory of pandemic – prevention by scooping up these viruses, playing with them in the lab, and then trying yeah, to... Yeah, that's like, the best way to prevent uh, things, playing with them. But there were always warnings that, that this was extremely dangerous work, and that the work uh, courted exactly the kind of danger that appears to have happened uh, in Wuhan. And from our perspective, at parts of the State Department that don't specialize in this... Oh,
0: forgot to mention the World Military Games, which happened around the time that the original outbreak happened in Wuhan, in Wuhan, and the U.S. delegation was there, and people said they were sick there. Okay, moving on. Part of what
5: was most troubling is that when COVID broke out in Wuhan, you know, practically on the doorsteps of that lab, we did not have folks from other parts of the government raising their hand to educate the non. Uh, Experts across the government in how plausible this was and how it needed to be taken seriously. Uh, In fact, the folks from the other parts of the government that worked these issues uh, generally were uh, deflecting attention, and that cost us a lot of time and understanding. That was really damaging.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I recommend watching the whole thing. I'm going to watch the whole thing, too. I haven't watched enough of it. Um, So let's skip to the next... uh, interesting timestamp that they have here. Shout out to Fermenti LLC, who gave me some timestamps that I think are relevant. So let me, well, you never know until you listen to them. But that one was pretty irrelevant, I think. Pretty much what I've been talking about this whole time, the pandemic and everything. Oh, my gosh, that chick is here. I wonder if it's going to be that chick. Oh, here we go.
7: Good. And I'd like I'd like to ask the chairman. If he this might is the beginning. His Republican colleagues on The Senate side, if they would share their
9: study for the members to read without objection, and the other is public.
0: Oh, this is 144.48. Yeah, if you want to know of, where so to go
7: with that, I want us all to work together. I
0: take this 144.38 is where I'm starting here, okay?
7: This virus, very seriously, I don't want to see it again, so we're not going to solve it partisanly, we're going to solve it.
9: Now recognize Dr. Jackson from Texas.
13: For five Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I appreciate it. Thank you to our witnesses for being here today. <clears throat> for over two years, many Americans, just like myself, have been demanding that an investigation into China's role in the development of this vaccine or this—I'm sorry, this uh, virus—and their efforts.
0: To- Hope they made a mistake. Oh, they did the thing—the Floridian slip—the vaccine. Oops, the virus. They do that a lot. They—if you paid attention to 2020 to 2022. You, you know they did that a lot this looks like it's getting into CCP oh my gosh scary scary you know China China China's bad territory which I don't agree with because again the US worked with China on this so it's you can't really blame the, it on China for
13: the fact that it was released uh, leading to this global pandemic that have killed millions and destroyed billions of lives we've been demanding that for a while I'm glad we're doing this now I think we're way behind the power curve on this but I just want to start off by saying other than the Chinese government other than the Chinese government, the entities most aggressively trying to actively spread misinformation.
0: Okay, fair enough. He's getting into the, the propaganda shit.
13: About the origins of COVID, trying to actually create and spread what they would have you believe was, a, was scientific evidence or scientific opinion. And I'm referring in particular to things like the, the proximal origins document, a document that was intended to provide fodder to harass, label, threaten, cancel, destroy anyone with any other opinion specifically an opinion that this came from a lab from the Wuhan lab in particular an opinion that we know now was accurate the people that were most interested in doing just this eh. were people like Anthony Fauci Francis Collins and others at NIH True was Peter Daszak and Eco Health Alliance Yeah let's
0: not forget that motherfucker
13: Dr Tedros at the WHO. Him too. And of course, it was our unbiased and purely factual cable news networks like CNN and MSNBC.
0: Yep, And Fox News. Do you know with a different any instances kind.
13: of the U.S. intelligence agencies, did they share information, did they cooperate collab- co- or collaborate with any of the entities that I've mentioned or the individuals that I've mentioned to either suppress or get out information that was contrary to what we're talking about today that we know to be the facts? As I understand
12: your uh, question, uh, Congressman, uh, were any of the uh, scientists or uh, individuals associated with any of those groups? Did they have uh, Were they Were they were there interactions they, with the with the intelligence? They did. Agents? They did have uh, interactions. I don't know the answer to of all course of they them, did. Some of the individuals that uh, uh, I know, for instance, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Peter Dozic, uh Dr. Farrar. Um, Dr. Gary, I believe we're all uh, at some point in time uh, briefing various uh, entities or agencies within the that is
0: not good.
13: That's intelligence community about, um, about this virus. One of the things I'm wondering is I'm wondering like, you know, if we're looking back now. We're, we're realizing that some of these intelligence agencies probably had information, enough information to make a solid determination that this most likely came from the lab in Wuhan uh, as, as far back as a year or more ago my question is were were they sharing this information no people that were putting out contrary information that were being propped up as the experts that were giving us things like proximal origin using it as evidence to completely undermine what i think the intelligence agencies knew to be the truth uh, a long time ago was there was there an active push within the and and i ask that because you may you you may have realized you know after the fact because i I think you had mentioned at one point that yeah
0: don't be too hard on the intelligence agency people I mean, you didn't know! I'm sure you had no idea what was going on. Within
13: the, within the intelligence agencies, you, the you don't know
0: anything, you're just intelligence or being agencies. Come on, dude. Into that was going on because that were Stop believing the government.
13: Especially if you're were a government. Dude, get to the point. Was there any effort on the intelligence, on the side of the intelligence agencies, to correct no. what was misinformation? What they because knew they was wanted it
0: to spread. Dude,
12: really? Well, I can only speak uh, to, you know, to the personal knowledge Just that I no. have, and, and you know, the, the efforts that, uh, <sighs> that I engaged in, so with, as we found information uh, and intelligence that was inconsistent with things that uh, were some of the individuals uh, that had consulted with the intelligence community. Um, had stated uh, we went through a process to declassify as much of that so that you would be aware Or the the state department fact sheet that has been referenced a number of times about researchers being sick at the wuhan institute of virology coronaviruses including the one most similar uh, in nature to um, what became COVID 19 and the chinese military's involvement those were all pieces of intelligence that i worked to get out publicly with secretary of state pompeo through a declassification process so from, from War my, criminal my personal Pompeo. knowledge, was where we became aware of inconsistencies like that, uh, we did our best to make that information available publicly.
13: Thank you. I, I mean, I guess what I'm a little bit worried about is I'm just worried that this year a a here, where the intelligence agencies were uh, purposely not sharing information or not coming forth, uh, uh, you know, coming forth with the information that they knew to be true, because they were being influenced politically by what was going on in well, the White House or elsewhere. That's yeah, exactly think, what happened. Know,
12: um, I didn't just. Uh, there were there were instances that were documented by the uh, analytic uh, ombudsman um, that that reflect the fact that when it came specifically to to China, uh, the country of China, that that, that some of our uh, intelligence and our uh, analytic judgments were impacted by uh, partisan politics and the desire for intelligence. Not this dude cannot by answer by a question
0: party, to save his uh, life.
13: As opposed to another. And I I bring this up because I think it happens uh, in this administration for the last two years. It's happened in the military. I think it happens in our intelligence agencies. These are people that we pay to be nonpartisan to protect us. Uh, We pay them because of their expertise so that they can make sure that our national security is intact. And and I think that if if there's any of that going on behind the scenes, we need to get to 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 that. People do not need to be making decisions uh, based on their political beliefs or their political uh, alignments. Uh, if, if it's going to impact, uh, you know, something like, uh, you know, our response to, uh, to COVID. I
0: agree. I, oh, sweet summer child.
13: Completely, thank you. I go back, sir. Oh,
0: right. sweet summer Bye. child. He, bless him, bless his heart. 158.26 is the next part from this comment, which, you know, so far we're getting some good information, so let's see how that goes. We're almost done, believe me. Because we got to move on to a roundup you won't believe. <laughs> okay, we got two more of these. This is 158.26. You know, well, a little bit before then, for context.
14: Gone wayward in some of these aspects. And, and Dr. Loma while I, I certainly appreciate some of your comments. Uh, I, I, I think the intelligence community may have drifted since then, you know. Um, and so time's up.
15: Thank you. Sure. I now recognize Dr. McCormick from Georgia. For Georgia. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Radcliffe, uh, Mr. Honorable Radcliffe, uh, thank you for your service in Congress. Also, thank you. He's for not your, that honorable. Uh, services, former director of national intelligence during a tumultuous time uh, during the origins of this disease process. Uh, recently, Director Way confirmed the FBI report stated that uh, COVID-19 pandemic was likely the result of a lab incident in Wuhan. Based on your knowledge, do you agree with the report from the Department of Energy as well? I agree with both the FBI and the Department of Energy. Thank you. In your testimony, you stated, and I quote, our intelligence has led to a demonstrable shift whereby a few of the intelligence community's 18 agencies are now publicly assessing the COVID-19 virus originated from a lab leak in Wuhan. And this, as this shift continues, the day will come when every single agency in the intelligence community will make the same assessment, end quote. Do you think there is another federal agency close to falling on the side of the Wuhan lab leak theory in the near future? And if so, which one?
12: Well, I've talked about, um, uh, you know, again, I'm not in the intelligence community now, but of course um, uh, have friends that are career individuals still serving in in agencies, you know, my understanding is that um, that in most of the agencies, um, there is a shift, um, more and more analysts um, believe um, that um, a lab leak is the most plausible, if not the only plausible assessment to make. Um, and that uh, um, it's a minority uh, no. in most agencies that are holding on to the idea that this is naturally occurring. Um, you know, I, I would um, uh, would hope, uh, as I talked um, about, the fact that the uh, CIA would make an assessment at some confidence level, and based upon my personal knowledge of conversations uh, about analysts within that agency, um, um, uh, I believe uh, that a, uh, a, uh, a great majority of those analysts do support this is a good drinking the game. Department of Energy and the FBI analysis, and it is an... Uh, a minority opinion that is currently holding back the CIA from making that assessment:
15: uh, the lab leak is uh, the most plausible. And certainly, in your estimate, in the last year, is there some new information that occurred, or do you think the CIA could have come to that conclusion probably about a year ago or so?
12: Well, I, I think you could. That, that uh, we certainly could have. Uh, all agencies um, within uh, the uh, United States intelligence community could have made an assessment at some confidence level a, a year ago on this in favor of a lab leak. Uh, I, my understanding specifically from the Department of Energy that there was new intelligence that, that persuaded them um, to make their assessment of a lab leak. Uh, so new intelligence is always being uh, gained. But again, from my standpoint, the more time that passes, the further we get the um, uh, without anything tying COVID-19 to nature that talked about, no environmental source, no intermediate host, no reservoir species, none of that, it makes it less and less likely that this
15: was uh, a natural origin. I think as, as a physician of emergency medicine, as a scientist, I, I think I thoroughly agree with that assessment and I, in fact, I think it could have been reached a long time ago in my opinion. I think the fact that we're even having this conversation is absurd. It's very easy yes. to identify whether there's animals in the in the wild that have or have not this disease. The fact that the Chinese have had literally spent years in incredible efforts trying to obtain that information, and have received zero information supporting one theory, whereas we know there is an incredible amount of evidence on the other side of that uh, points to one thing, and that's a CCP cover up. Uh, this unfortunately not just the CCP do. The efforts of this administration, Dr. Fauci, The Who, and multiple bureaucracies are willfully or ignorantly colluding with the CCP.
0: Well, there you go, That's what
15: bothers me. Uh, Director Ratcliffe, as you know, this committee was formed on the basis that we would seek the truth.
0: Sure it was.
15: To create recommendations to face the future pandemics. With that being said, I have one last question for you, and in your opinion, what reason could the administration, public officials and many of our federal agencies have for hiding the truth from the American people? And if you can't speak to that, what effect do you think this has on the American people's trust of their public health officials and the government?
12: Well, I, I would say that uh, you know China has been, I, I, identified as our our number one nation state adversary they've they've been described by the current administration more than Russia competitor but our intelligence clearly tells us they are an adversary their public actions um, very clearly dictate that they are an adversary and I think that um, uh, the current administration for whatever reason so we are in a war with China to confront China on any number of issues or transgressions that have taken place publicly from spying uh, a spy balloon that flew over the country what does that uh, have to do with the question the, uh, legislators in this body from landing in taiwan uh the list is long and uh, there hasn't been the question um, was uh, an effort by the current different. administration um uh, other than to say we're not seeking conflict with with china um and, and i think that uh, i think that that is Uh, continued with respect
15: to this issue into COVID origins. I agree with you. I I, I don't think we can learn from this if we're not being honest. We can't prepare for the next pandemic if we're not being honest. There they go
0: again, the next pandemic, cuz there's gonna be another one. Hold on to your seats.
15: We have obvious answers that we want to ignore. I think we've been biased. I think we have uh, to really acknowledge this. If we're going to prepare for the next virus, Mr. Chair, I, I think we cannot disallow that we've already had multiple viruses from animals in the past, but we're not doing what we need to prepare for with Wuhan leaks and disallowing the gain of function with that I yield. I now recognize Mr. M-
0: okay, and then we're gonna to go to 210.05 for the last part of this peering. I think it's a, a familiar dude. If I recognize that guy, he comes up a lot. Jordan, Jim Jordan, that guy. I remember the, this dude. He's a good little psyop right there. Because they're not asking the real questions, but they're not allowed to. I get it, but it's still annoying. The things we should learn, this is for context. 20904 uh, for t- context.
3: Mr. Radcliffe uh, has, been, has been reading from, as part of his testimony, suggests... Analysts appeared reluctant to have their analysis on China brought forward because they tend to disagree with Trump administration policies. Well, one of the things I also think we should investigate is did the professionals not share the information they had with the president because they didn't trust the president because every single day he was going out saying this stuff. Or better, going out and telling people they can drink bleach. There they go. They always go with and
0: the bleach thing.
3: I mean, this went on for a long period of time. So, yes, we need to investigate. We need to investigate the origins of COVID. We need to know. But we need what
0: to also talk about Trump. And we apparently. need to share that
3: with the American people. And we need to know why President Trump, who was Shut in charge. Shut the when happened, He was in charge when COVID got out control. Sorry about of control, that. Why he didn't tell the American people the truth. I yield back.
0: Nobody told them the truth. You can't just pin it all on Trump. Biden, Biden didn't tell the, the truth either. How.
14: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Ratcliffe, uh, I think Dr. McCormick was on to the right question. It seems to me the fundamental question is why. Yeah. Why did they lie to us? I think we know why. why is it taking so long? You point this out in your testimony. Why is it taking so long for every government agency to admit what we all know? Uh, Because belief in a lab leak as the origin of, uh, as the start of this, is not a conspiracy theory, is it, Mr. Ratcliffe? It's not,
0: but it's also why is it not true. So long then? I
14: mean, you knew that early on, right? If I if I look at you, you knew that in you were confirmed I think in May of twenty twenty, and you knew that within weeks that it, this thing came from the lab. In fact, you say that I think in your testimony, you say a lab leak is the only explanation, only credible explanation. If this were a trial, the preponderance of the evidence is all on the side of the lab leak. You knew that within
12: weeks, so why did the why did the government not tell us the truth? Well, I think
0: he's not you know, gonna answer that
12: intelligence community report that the Biden administration put out in October of 21, they, they acknowledge that uh, uh, China's refusal to cooperate, but the report in any way uh, ignores what I think is the inescapable fact and reality that if the CCP had anything exculpatory, anything at all, um, anything that would be helpful um, to showing that no one was to blame for this, right. that this occurred naturally, that, that they would share that. and. Um, you know, why not share um, uh, data, samples, research, uh, everything that tends to show that they had access to, that would tend to show that this was naturally occurring and tend to show that lab leak theory really was a conspiracy theory. But they didn't do that because they couldn't do that. And to me, uh, that's why making an assessment with some level of confidence is something that should have been done a long time ago by the intelligence mm-hmm. community. Um, Yeah, we need to protect sources and methods. Um, It's why Mike Pompeo and I labored over how much of this can we put out, hoping that it would would drive um, uh, the the next administration coming in to declassify more information, which they haven't, um, and would drive congressional hearings Uh, into the origins of this, which it didn't. Here's here's what gets me. So the, the Director of National Intelligence knew this thing
14: came from a lab. The Secretary of State knew this thing came from a lab. Common sense tells you this thing came from a lab. And frankly, even the guys who called us names, Knew it came from a lab because we have their emails. We have their emails from this.
0: I was saying, by the way, I was saying that it came from a lab in January two thousand and twenty when I read an article that was pretty much positing that as a theory with evidence. It wasn't a his it wasn't a conspiracy theory in January two thousand and twenty. It was the most logical conclusion you could come to. From
14: the start, Mr Gary says I don't know how this happens in nature, it'd be easy to do in a lab." Mr. Anderson says this is not consistent with evolutionary. Everyone knew at the get-go. You knew at the get-go. And yet they tell us just the opposite, why?
12: Well, you left out the, the top uh, public health official, uh, a virologist, Dr. Redfield. Dr. Redfield knew. He's testified, yes. Also testified. So you did, you had the top diplomat, the top of the intelligence community, the top public health official, all um, uh, telling you with some confidence level that that uh, the most likely um, origin of this was a lab leak. And I think that, um, you know, unfortunately, for political so reasons and political narratives, um, it was difficult. Um, so did you talk with Dr. Fauci during this time frame when you get in in May and, and over
14: the next several months? Did you talk to Dr. Fauci any time? No. Never spoke with Dr. Fauci, hmm. no. Um, do you find that strange when he's out saying something directly contrary to the Secretary of State, to the Director of National Intelligence, and to the top virologist
12: Dr. Redfield that Dr. Fauci wouldn't talk with you. Yeah to, to be clear there were there were folks within the coronavirus task force that were communicating you know medical and scientific information to the intelligence community not me directly but none of that information was frankly consistent with what we've talked about what the intelligence showed um, uh, again some of those individuals to include Dr. Fauci were, were promoting the idea um, that this was natural origins and notwithstanding, you know, the language that was read, they were referring to it publicly as a conspiracy theory in certain conversations. Dr. Collins called An us conspiracy theorists, if you bl-
0: They were doing that in Event 201 when they posited it as a theory that was being spread as misinformation in segment four of that simulation. And the person who was suggesting it as a theory that was complete misinformation was George Gao, who was the head of the CDC in China, the Chinese disease control thing, center.
14: You believed in the, in, in the lab as the, as the origin. Tell me your, why do you think Fauci and Collins took that? I got my theory and I think I'm right, but I'd like to hear from the Director of National Intelligence what he thinks Fauci and Collins' motivation for sharing false information with the American
12: people. Well, I think the best evidence of that is their own conversations. which which say that they didn't want unwarranted or unwanted, or I think the term was unwanted attention to the relationships um, that were taking place between Western virologists and those working within the the Wuhan Institute of Virology and funding sources for some of that research our money to a lab in china that wasn't
14: up to code that was doing gain-of-function research and that's where this thing came from and they
0: don't even mention dr ralph barrick and the connection with that north carolina university university north carolina unc i think anyway
14: that's what they didn't want us to know you agree with that mr Ratcliffe. in raleigh
12: i do agree with that I'd now like to yield to Ranking Member Reeves
14: for a closing statement if he would like one.
0: Oh, I guess we're getting a closing statement here. Something uh, was accomplished, accomplished I guess.
8: the select subcommittee's first hearing, our efforts to understand the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic should remain evidence-based and free from politicization, partisan rhetoric, and conspiratorial accusations without proof that seek to vilify our nation's public health officials. We should not
0: okay fuck off but anyway we're gonna end there because <laughs> i don't want to get upset more than i am uh yeah shout out again to fermenti llc in the comments section for giving me those interesting parts to to look at of that com- of that subcommittee of that he- hearing on the covet origins or whatever which is basically just lab leak theory all around and, and not really coming to the conclusion that, yeah, there were all these exercises and why did that happen? And then the same shit happened in real life and like how how was it planned so perfectly and da da da, and then the vaccines didn't work. We're not even gonna get into that, I guess. Um, so anyway, yeah, so moving on to the next topic, which we're just gonna do a quick, not quick, but a train derailment roundup because a lot of those are happening if you remember the Ohio incident that is still being worked out uh, there have been some other incidents since then and a lot more lately and I just got a bunch of them so let's let's listen to some clips of all the things that are happening not just here by the way we got a couple uh, on the other side of the well we got uh, one um in netherlands and we got one in uh, winnipeg so let's get to it here is the first video drone shows wisconsin train derailment this happened this was a day ago this is from fox nine minneapolis st paul and it says a train de- has derailed sending two containers into the mississippi river in wisconsin on thursday railway officials say there's no risk to the river Well, lucky then. Lucky fish.
7: Here we go. Train cars are in the Mississippi River after a large train derailment. More than a dozen cars went off the tracks in western Wisconsin. And right now, that cleanup just beginning. Thankfully tonight, there are no worries of anything toxic. Our Maury Glover joining us live from the scene of this derailment tonight. Maury.
10: Well, four crew members on the train were taken to the hospital for medical evaluations. In the meantime, workers will be out here all night to continue the cleanup. Oh my gosh. You know, during the day, hardly nobody around and this has to happen. The DeSoto fire chief describes his immediate thoughts after hearing a pair of locomotives and more than a dozen cars went off the tracks just south of town around 1215. I actually derailed? what's in these containers because I know that they
14: carry so many various chemicals, hydrocarbons, you name it, and there's no telling what actually got hurt and what didn't get hurt
10: and what's leaking and all the things that run through your mind. Two cars carrying paint went into the Mississippi River, but they have since been secured to the bank. Other cars carrying lithium ion batteries and oxygen containers are on shore. But they never went into the water, and BNSF says the volumes involved don't pose a risk to the river or the nearby communities. At this time, the response is no hazard to the public. There is no hazardous materials that we are concerned about for public safety. This isn't the first time a BNSF train has derailed in the area. In 2016, two locomotives and six cars derailed because of extensive flooding after 10 inches of rain. Nearly 1,200 gallons of diesel poured into the Mississippi from a ruptured tank in that derailment, but local officials aren't sure what caused this one. The community response has been nothing short of amazing. This many volunteer fire departments, volunteer EMS agencies, coming at this fast and setting up incident command was nothing short of phenomenal. Now, there is some fuel in the water here, but public officials say that has been contained. And again, the headline here and the good news for people who live around here is there's no danger to public safety. Reporting
0: Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from WGN News in Chicago a day ago also. An Amtrak train has derailed at Chicago's Union Station. Amtrak said no injuries were reported. April
1: 28, 2023.
15: An Amtrak train derailment at Union Station.
1: Shannon Halligan is over the scene in Skycam 9 with the impacts from Metro riders. What a mess. Yeah, it's
4: of delays for some metro riders during this friday evening rush especially for southwest service and bnsf train riders so we just got new oh
0: bnsf again
4: information from an amtrak spokesperson a set of wheels on an inbound train came off the track passengers were offloaded and no one was injured but trains are moving and according to metro bnsf and southwest service trains are experiencing extensive delays some tracks in the south concourse of chicago union station are unusable until the train derailment is resolved so as a result those bnsf and southwest service lines may be delayed or cancelled but service once again is operating on the available tracks we do have video of the derailed amtrak locomotive from a metro rider Crews were working to make repairs so that track could be usable again. Although trains are operating on other tracks, there were large crowds that could be seen with people waiting for open and running trains. Once again, the Metra Southwest Service and BNSF lines were impacted, uh, so expect extensive delays for those riders. But once again, no injuries reported. That is the latest, though, live from Sky Camp 9. Shannon Halligan, back to you. All
16: right, thanks for the update, Shannon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Al C. in the comments says It's the new fad to have a train fall off the track in your town Seems that way Um, If you wanted to know a little more about Well, do we want to Let's not do that We'll scoot, scooch that one out I'll, I'll put it in the notes I'll put it in the links More about the Wisconsin train derailment Alright, this one is in Crawford County, this is from uh, WISN 12 News train derailment, just that's all it says, this is from April 28th, yet again, there you go, uh, Thursday's derailment in Crawford County involved two of the train's three locomotives and ten cars carrying a variety of freight, including paint and lithium-ion battery batteries, said BNSF Ray, Ray, railway spokesperson who's very busy right now I'm sure Lena Kent so this is a very short video but railed
5: into the Mississippi River we have some drone video here oh it's the same one 20 cars in the water the train went off the tracks near Ferryville that's in Crawford County just south of Lacrosse. officials say that the cars that derailed
0: okay I guess we don't get to know everything else <laughs> they're like Go to our website, Uh, okay. Well, let me go to the other one then since that one didn't work out. Let's see, where would that be? I don't even know where the train derailments videos are. Is this it? Open a new tab. No, (laughs) that was not it. Let's try this one. okay here we go
14: Just basically stand back wait for the uh cavalry to show up because this is wisconsin
0: train derailment into mississippi river a little more information on that one from a day ago a bnsf railway train derailed thursday afternoon sending two containers into the mississippi river in wisconsin so this is the same incident so we're still on crawford county that that one
14: because are definitely not a fox
0: news
9: a small town in southwest
0: Fox 6 News, Milwaukee.
2: Wisconsin, uh, right outside of La Crosse, with a very big problem tonight. The train derails in Vernon County, sending multiple cars right there into the Mississippi River. So it happened this afternoon south of La Crosse, a place called DeSoto. But the cleanup and the recovery, after all of this, could take months. We're told maybe even years.
5: We've been seeing reaction tonight from the governor, also from state officials, Mills Hayes. Live in DeSoto, it's quite the scene out there, Mills. I know you've got some new information about what actually ended up in the river.
17: Hey Ben and Mary, uh, yeah, this trained Roman happened around 1215 uh, earlier today and we know that more than a dozen rail cars actually went off of the tracks. There were two cars that went in to the Mississippi River that were carrying paint, but we are told that they have been secured on to the shore. Now I was able to check out some drone footage from some of the people that were out here earlier today and uh, there were uh, parts where you could actually see the railroad track in the water and the land underneath the railroad track was washed away now we don't know yet what exactly caused this crash but many people in this community tell me that because of how bad the flooding is they don't think that the rail uh, track should have been uh, operating at all now uh, we also know that there were four people that were injured crew members that that were on uh, this train they were taken to the hospital earlier today we don't know what their injuries look like right now we just know that they are uh, getting a medical attention Uh, The emergency management team here says that they're going to keep us updated on uh, how they're doing. But we heard from the local fire chief earlier today who tells me that this is a small community only about 350 people live here.
14: There's no telling what actually got hurt and what didn't get hurt and what's leaking and all the things that run through your mind. Because we don't have the capacity for a major event, you know, where we have spillage and stuff like that. We don't
17: have nothing immediately. And there is some fuel that was spilled from those cars into the Mississippi River, but BNSF Railways says that there is no threat to the public right now and no one has been evacuated. In DeSoto, Mills Hayes, Fox 6 News.
0: Sounds legit to me. Like, I believe them. Okay, moving on. Uh, huh. So then there's this video I found when I looked up train derailments from CNBC and it says freight trains keep derailing. Why? Nine days ago, which was before all of these. And in the description it says a string of train derailments have captured the attention of lawmakers in Washington. Corporations within the freight industry have redesigned their businesses to maximize efficiency, but a panel of experts gathered by CNBC argue that some of the strategic changes may compromise public safety. Some of these strategic corporate decisions may have been involved in a now-infamous February 2023 crash on the ohio pennsylvania border, according to regulatory complaints okay so let's go to 116. luckily we have we have time codes here yay i love that
18: at least three norfolk southern trains have derailed since east palestine but no injuries or spills were reported competing railroads like csx and union pacific have had derailments in 2023 as well berkshire hathaway's bnsf saw at least three trains derail
0: now more (laughs) Way more than that now.
18: In one case, nearly 5,000 gallons of diesel fuel spilled into tribal reservation lands. And trains have continued to derail in April of 2023. Yep. Derailments are a common occurrence, and although they've trended downward over the past decade, a small uptick was reported in recent years. There are roughly 1,000 incidents a year, but most occur within a rail yard. Yard movements are more complex, so they're more prone to having these smaller
10: incidents.
9: Most of the accidents that do occur go unreported because the feds don't require any reporting, I think, unless you're up over $8,000. So your statistics might be giving us a false sense of comfort.
18: The crashes have weighed on some of the large freight companies' stock in 2023.
9: If that appears to be getting out of control and a higher risk, well, you better come up with a better, better braking system or a more predictive failure analysis, or you might not be chosen anymore. At some
18: point,
15: they're going to say,
18: it's just too risky. Some railroad employees say that corporations have made strategic changes that could be making catastrophic accidents more likely.
9: I started working on the railroad in 1974 at Chicago Northwestern.
18: Mark Burrows is a former engineer with decades of experience.
9: I kind of started out in the tail end of what some would consider the the, the last of the good old days, where we actually had semi-respectable working conditions.
18: The freight industry used to rely on coal, but the coal trade is shrinking. As a result, jobs in the freight industry are on the decline as well.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna you know get to the uh, the end of it because we don't have time for anything else. Uh, just going straight to eleven thirty-five. Let's see what happens there. Accidents.
9: You could have done a predictive analysis like we do for track failures to say you got to stop this train, not because it hit the fail safe minimum because it's going to hit the field safe minimum somewhere east of columbus why wasn't that kind of predictive analysis done and what's the cost because you didn't do it
18: these regulations could add another headwind for the industry as it fights to stay relevant
9: if i were the head of the fra today there'd be shorter trains there'd be dignified working conditions at the very minimum carmen would have the time they need to properly inspect the cars there's no room for compromising safety one iota in the rail industry because A, a worker could get injured, maimed, killed, and B, we can have situations like East
11: Palestine.
0: Okay, so then moving on, we have more. (laughs) There's more. This is from before yesterday because I had a bunch of stuff lined up that I was going to talk about. And I was going to do a roundup before this, but I got even more information afterwards. So this is from before this is from nine days ago, April 20th, CBS, Chicago, Chicago, again, Uh, 13 rail cars flipped on side after train derail in Blue Island.
2: We want to get to our nonstop news and take a look at this. At least six rail cars are still on their side right now with their wheels flipped off the tracks because of a derailment last night. Chopper 2 giving us this view of the scene in Blue Island. Look at that. Cars smashed up all over the place. And now investigators are trying to figure out what happened there.
5: It could have been so much worse, though. Let's get to CBS News. Jackie Kostek live at 136 in Chatham where the cleanup is underway and ongoing. What can you tell us, Jackie?
7: So Ryan and Audrina, good morning to you. Like you said, the cause of this derailment is still under investigation. No injuries were reported and no hazardous materials were on board. I actually just confirmed with a CSX employee here on the ground that this train was empty. So it was empty when it derailed last night at 9.30. Nothing in the tankers or the cars. Take a look at the action that's happening right now. As crews work to rerail the cars that derailed last night We know that 13 cars derailed. We've got several crews in the area right now trying to get those cars lifted. And actually that CSX employee also told me that the tanker, the third tanker, uh, is is back in place now. And that appears to be where the derailment started because that was uh, just off the tracks and then uh, in a domino-like effect, you saw all of the rest of the tracks after a derail. So take a look at this video from Chopper 2. This was shot just before eight o'clock this morning. You can see car after car off the tracks. Again, 13 cars in total derailed last night. You're actually seeing fewer than 13 in that chopper 2 video, and that's because the employee says that the others were already re-railed, uh, re-railed and moved. I spoke to an engineer who lives and works in the area, and he referenced the other recent.
0: Okay, we're not gonna get into it. Like, I spoke to. You know, it says in the comments this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. So let's end it there and then move on to the next one. Next. This is Train Derailment Leaves Many li- Living in Limbo from Four Days Ago. I think this is about Ohio, yes. Um, so this is from AP, or Associated Press. It's pretty simple. Okay, it's one of those like really manipulative videos, so you can watch it if you want. But I'll, I'll leave that in the show notes, but I'm not going to focus on it. Fuel and engine oil at train derailment site seeping into soil nearby waterways from 10 days ago, New Center, Maine. This is in Maine. The DEP is overseeing the railroad, railroad company, Canadian Pacific, Kansas City's cleanup efforts after one of its freight trains derailed near Rockwood Saturday. This is from April 19th
3: out of the latest on the train derailment in Somerset County over the weekend. Right now crews are working Another to clean one. up the site near Rockwood where three engines and six cars went off the tracks. But the main Department of Environmental Protection is still trying to assess the impact on the environment. News Sam Olson has been following this story for us and joins us in the studio with more on the DEP's latest update, Sam.
2: Hi Zach, in its latest update, the DEP says fuel, oil, and other fluids from the derailed cars are leaking. It says those fluids are going into the soil and into a nearby river. The train was carrying hazardous materials, but the DEP says they're not part of the leaking that's still going on. The hazardous materials were removed from the site over the weekend. For now, the priority is keeping those fluids from getting into the surrounding soil and water.
9: As they move the locomotives, some stuff is gonna come out, but they're doing their best to contain it all.
2: The leaks are evident. The DEP says an oily sheen can be seen on a nearby lake. The DEP and the railroad company CPKC are assessing just how much fuel and engine oil is at the site. A CPKC spokesperson emailed News Center Maine saying, Teams are using boom and absorbance to contain and clean up the released diesel and protect the surrounding environment. There is no timeline for completion of the site and environmental cleanup work. After the derailment, several train cars were on fire. Fire crews decided the best solution was to let the fires burn themselves out without putting water on them.
9: The lumber was going to burn up, anyways. The only thing they really tried to extinguish was the locomotive, and where it was sitting down in the brook, we realized that whatever was burning with it was probably oil with the diesel fuel in it. That if we tried spraying water on that, we were gonna be putting a lot of contaminants in the water.
2: But now, despite their efforts, that's exactly what's happened. Biologists with the main Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife visited the site yesterday. A spokesperson for the department told us the evaluation revealed no immediate impacts to fish or wildlife in the area. The series of booms surrounding the crash site as well as another series of booms downstream at the mouth of the stream, appear to be working effectively. Biologists will monitor the progress of the cleanup and any harm done to wildlife and their habitats. The DEP says it will remove the oil contaminated soil after crews have taken away the rail cars and wreckage on monday the railway reopened the train tracks after officials completed repairs and safety inspections cpkc has not said when those tracks were last inspected before the derailment zach
3: we'll definitely
0: continue oh dear and then we're on to winnipeg winnipeg let's see what this says city news eight days ago april 21st 2023 Says a leading logist, oh, train derailment on Winnipeg Bridge, unusual but not cause for alarm. (laughs) Leading logistics expert says train derailments like one in Winnipeg Friday are uncommon and not cause for alarm. But Premier says discussions set between industry and government on presence of railways in urban centers. Here we go. They can happen
19: anywhere. No injuries were reported. Apparently, a train came off the tracks, closing a major thoroughfare in Winnipeg Friday as crews responded to what railway officials say was a slow speed derailment. One expert says while the occurrence is uncommon, there's no need for alarm as a result of the derailment, which happened at the overpass of the CPKC Rail Yard, formerly CP Rail, near the intersection of Logan Avenue and McPhillips Street. Got 30,000 miles of, of railway track across the country. Uh, it's, in fact, I don't remember actually ever hearing of one on a bridge. I'm sure they do occur but you know this is quite unusual that it's on a bridge and and that perhaps has attracted extra attention. Professor Barry Prentice is a logistics expert and head at the Transport Institute at the University of Manitoba's Asper School of Business. He says there are safeguards in place to try and minimize accidents in urban areas. Every train going east west in this country is going through Winnipeg. Uh, We don't see many problems and that's because the railways are very careful. There are speed limits, Uh, you know, the trains are moving relatively slowly and that's uh, a safety issue and of course since the tracks are being used constantly and there's people always seeing them, If there is a problem, it's more likely to be detected than if it's a a track problem way out in the countryside. On Friday afternoon, police say traffic was closed on McPhillips between Logan and Jarvis Avenue during rush hour as a result of the event. Information from the railway indicated that all of the derailed cars involved remained upright and that there were no leaks or spills, nor were there any dangerous goods involved. CPKC saying it does regret the inconvenience that the incident has caused motorists. Stressing she is glad there were no injuries, Premier Heather Stephenson told reporters there will be Discussions between government and industry about the presence of railways in the city and these types of incidents moving forward.
6: Manitoba is certainly uniquely positioned um, as, as a bit of a transportation hub in North America and I think rail is going to be a part of that moving forward and so having solutions um, to to this sort of issue moving forward is going to be important for
19: some who work in the area like louise farina a longtime employee at city pond and City. let's
0: end there um so yeah there's that um and then we're gonna end in netherlands because this is not just in the u.s this is from three weeks ago this was pretty early on abc news april 4th 2023 all of this was in april every single one of these incidents
3: it is a very unusual
10: uh happened the next this size here in the netherlands
0: all right i guess i gotta read the thing one person is dead and at least 30 injured and ended up being yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, after a passenger train derailed in the netherlands it says in the description officials said dis- dozens of people are seriously injured after a passenger train carrying at least 50 people derailed okay i love the the music a dutch railway per- spokesperson said the accident happened near a village between the hague interesting and amsterdam on tuesday i'm just gonna turn that down <laughs> we don't need to hear the music i'll just read the thing Officials said the train derailed after it collided with construction equipment on the tracks well shit the passenger train was carrying at least 50 people when the train derailed. Oh, he's talking again.
10: pro but also other organizations are doing uh, their investigation behind us. They have done uh, uh, pretty quickly after the accident. Uh, and we hope to find out what happened exactly and how we can make sure that this doesn't happen again. Hi.
0: Nobody cares. Okay, so, not about that guy, but um, George Stephanopoulos, who came up, next. Okay so that was a lot in the roundup. I'm gonna continue to keep you abreast of the derailment situation because it seems to me a thing that's happening every month and we'll focus on it at will. And also shout out to Alec Baldwin, I'm not gonna forget your ass. Um, he was... the charges were moved against him, like dropped against him. Um, and shout out to Rust which started Produce started uh, filming, which is not related at all. Um, anyway, let me make sure that's true. I want to make sure I have that correct because they were supposed to start filming this month, but I want to see if that actually happened. Rust movie. Mm-hmm. I, it only saw movie. Uh, I love when it does that. Rust movie. The movie. Not Rudd. Damn it. Rust. Yes. Upcoming film. Shout out to that director who's still directing it. Wow. Uh. Da-da-da. Oh, Jake Busey. Shout out to Jake Busey who was cast. I'm sure he's very excited about that. Okay It says from CNN And I believe everything that CNN writes Shout out to Don Lemon who lost his job There April 19, 2023 Filming of the movie Rust will resume this week On Tuesday a spokesperson for Rust Movie Productions told CNN That principal photography for Rust is set to resume Thursday At Yellowstone Film Ranch in Montana Thursday being Of this week then that would have been this week, interesting. All right, I'll put that in the show notes, so I have that. Scooby-doop. All right, and that's the last story before this, sh- this bullshit. So yeah, selection time is here again. Am I going to write in Giant Meteor? Probably. Probably not I probably won't even vote anymore it's Just It doesn't seem like it's worth it I want to protect the environment I'm not going to keep riding in giant meteor And they never win anyway But I think it could be our year In 2024 We'll see But we have the same people It's like deja vu Because it's the same fucking people It's this Degenerative Sick Old probable pedophile man and Donald Trump, who is also pedophile adjacent and also creepy and a money launderer and a war criminal. They're both war criminals, so you're screwed either way, I guess, this time. But anyway, let's let's get a look at the ad that came out for this go-round um, with Joe Biden. So he tweeted out, every generation has a moment where they have had to stand up for democracy. Because democracy exists, people. And J- Joe Biden is going to deliver it to us. They have to; He has to start in Ukraine first, but then it will eventually flow to us. Don't worry. Uh, to stand up for their fundamental freedoms. Remember when we had those fundamental freedoms over our own bodies and people who worked for the government were not test with having to prove that they had some religious objection to being injected with a gene therapy drug that was untested or on un- a very in- experimental at least i remember that i remember when everybody was forced to get that in- that injection or not or they would lose their jobs in many fields i remember that I believe this is ours, he says. That's why I'm running for re-election as President of the United States. Not because we ran out of good choices. Well, we don't have any good choices on this side. And we want to keep the lie going that if you vote against someone, that's the same as voting for someone. It's not. But we can, we're going to continue to make you feel that way. That you're doing something good by voting against someone, even though you're voting against your own best interests as well either way. So, join us. Let's finish the job. Let's finish the job. Could we have been more unoriginal with that comment? Okay. Joe Biden launches his campaign for president. Let's finish the job. You know, let's just finish it. Like I feel really motivated to go and vote for this guy cuz I want to fin- want him to finish the job. He started a job and I want him to finish it, goddammit. Even though he'll probably die in the middle of the job, it doesn't matter. We must elect him so we don't get another guy, right? No, no, no. Anyway, here we go. Let's make fun of this. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's so loud. Sorry. Runaway? No.
16: Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important. Yeah, like over our bodies. That's been the work of my first term. To fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a retribution. To protect our rights. To make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally. And that everyone is given a fair... Like vaccinated
0: versus unvaccinated.
16: But you know, around the country, Magyar's extremists Are lying enough to take on those bedrock freedoms. Damn, Cutting Mag- social security you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy dictating what health care decisions women can make
0: Bandit and people books. oh that, that was you the people, sorry They
16: can love. all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote
0: also what's a woman moving on
16: when I ran for president four years ago I said we are in a battle for the soul of America and we still are The question we're facing is whether, in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too.
0: Uh, You don't. This is
16: not a time to be complacent. Don't jump. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. We. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, and respect, and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal. That everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country.
0: Like black people.
16: Every generation of Americans have faced the moment. You just showed a black person. Defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights.
0: He cares about civil rights. The segregationist. Not this song. I can't... Giant Meteor, come to me. Save us from this catastrophe.
16: I'm not.
0: I'm really not.
16: Give me more money. Let's finish this job. I know we can't because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Eight point five
0: million views. Uh... It's the same shit he says in every speech, other than don't jump. He doesn't say that in this, but that's what my shout-out was when I said don't jump. He says that a lot. Um, and in one of his last speeches, he said it to people who were not going to jump. But, and sometimes they can't jump, like they're not in an, an elevated space. But it doesn't matter, he'll still say that. Um, Pitch in here to support our campaign From the very beginning Donate to re-elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris At blue.com What a fucking joke These people think we are And a couple people are I'm sure A lot of people Probably gave money to this idiot again But I'm just like wow You're the fucking president Why are you asking for money Like nobody's gonna be like well fuck him I'm not voting for him this time Even if they're stupid I mean, most of them are stupid who voted for him in the first place. No offense. And not my mother, of course, because she's lovely and wonderful and perfect. But <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, but anyway, like, it's just insane. Like, no. That's. Why do they always ask for money? These fucking politicians. You don't have enough money. You gotta have money from the poor people that you fucked over. And... and all these inflationary policies and stuff and like but he doesn't even acknowledge that and of course he doesn't he doesn't have to he's not able to because he doesn't even understand what's going on and he's just a puppet they're all puppets it's a puppet show i want to part of it no one 2024 that's what this is going to be called fuck it no one 2024 just fuck everybody that's what i'm leaving you with fuck everybody that's a very positive place to go um thank you so much for listening to this two hour episode which was not going to be two two hours but ended up being because we had a lot of train derailments to get through um so yeah love you guys listen to the next one see you then in may may us may we be better off next month may we be better off next maybe we'll be better off next month maybe maybe coronavirus will go away. No, just kidding. Bye!